Psalm 63, I'm going to start kind of a series on going over some of the things from our uh, standards for Christian workers, and one of them, of course, is uh, Bible reading or devotions. So the title of the message tonight is, did I turn this on? Uh, devotions are life support. Devotions are life support. Psalm 63. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity that we have to open your precious word. I pray as we look into it tonight that we'd be encouraged and challenged in the things that we've uh, previously heard, I'm sure, but other uh, reminders, might we stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance, as Peter tells us. So Lord, just encourage us, strengthen us, and help us to see our need to spend time with you each day, that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior to have victory in our lives, confidence to face the enemy in the world, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 2005, there was a survey done by a guy by the name of Jason Jans, I think his name was. He was an assistant pastor at Cal or, um, Colorado. Anyway, it's a survey of young fundamentalists, they called them, uh, 35 and under. And these, a great percentage of them, I think maybe if not even all of them, were Bible college graduates. Most of them graduated from places like Bob Jones University. Um, <clears throat> Not particularly your independent Baptist movement, but, you know, they, they were called fundamentalists. Anyway, in that, one of the things in that survey that caught my attention, and, and I was reminded of it today, was that 35% of those, now these are Bible college graduates in, in ministry of some kind, 35% of those admitted that they had personal Bible devotions three or fewer times during the week. Um. To me, that's kind of disturbing. It's kind of disturbing. These are people in ministry, and they've only spent time in the Word of God three or less times in a week. Um, so tonight, as we look into this, I want to encourage you. you know, this, is a, this is a habit that we need to, you know, we were... Uh, preaching a little bit about the family here this uh, recently, and this is a habit that we need to in 
grain into the lives of our young people, that they need to spend time daily in the word of God. Uh, it will greatly affect whether their life is a success or a failure. And I say greatly, because I believe it is true. So several things tonight. First of all, the preeminence of your devotions. The preeminence of your devotions. Uh, in Psalm 63 here, it says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In Psalm 119, <clears throat> verse 9, 10, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Now, as we think about the preeminence of your devotions, I have, um, I guess, two things here under this point. Number one, it ought, to be a time, it ought to be set at a time that's early. Now, I've had some people say to me, well, I'm just not a morning person. Well, so that means you don't maybe get up as early as Brother Welch does, or I do. So, what's early for you? Have your devotions. Have your devotions. Uh, again, the psalmist said here, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know, Bible over and over again talks about getting up early and, and seeking the Lord early. In 1 Samuel 1.19 it says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah's wife and the Lord remembered her. Job, in Job 1 verse 5 it says, And so it was when the days of their feasting were going about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons of sin and curse God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So Job continually got up early and, and worshipped the Lord and offered sacrifices and sanctified uh, his family. Early he did that. It's been my experience that if I don't do it early, guess what? I don't do it. If I don't do it first thing, usually it doesn't happen. And I go all day feeling like I've missed something. So, you know, make it a preeminence and a time that's early. Time that's early. Secondly, we ought to thirst for it. We ought to thirst for it. This, is, this speaks of an attitude uh, toward our devotional time with the Lord. Again, Psalm 63 says, My soul thirsteth for thee, verse 1. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. It speaks of thirsting or longing or being wholehearted, seeking the Lord or desiring of the Lord. Psalm 42, 1 and 2. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come up here before God? So he's, you know, he compares it there to a, to a heart or a young deer that's panting, that's thirsty for water, and he pants after, after the, the, the water brook, uh, seeking uh, to quench his thirst. Psalm 119, verse 31, uh, 131. 
Open my mouth, I opened my mouth, and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Job, again, Job 23, verse 12. Job said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed, that means he valued, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I heard one preacher say, You ought to have your devotions before you eat in the day. That would put it pretty early for some of us. You know, I like my breakfast, but I like to have my devotions before then. So, so we ought to value that, uh, and we ought to thirst for it. We ought to desire it more than our food. You know, Colossians 1.18 tells us that in all things he might have the preeminence. Does he have the preeminence in your day? Does he have the preeminence in your day? So the preeminence, it, your devotions, your devotion, your time is spent in the Lord ought to be a preeminent part of your life. Make it early and be wholehearted in it. Secondly, the purpose, the purpose of devotions. I actually, by the way, got this outline from Bill Barron's, but um, of course I've redone it. But, but the purpose of devotions, first of all, nourishment for growth. Again, Psalm 63, verse 1, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. So, so the, the picture here is it's like, it's like he's thirsting for water or hungering for food that would bring nourishment and refreshment and satisfaction to his body, so he's thirsting after the word of God as well. You know, Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were fine, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So he said, I, I found your words and I ate them. And it brought joy and rejoicing to my heart. Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. It gives us direction uh, for life. Uh, Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. First uh, Peter 2.2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word, that you may grow thereby. See, we ought to desire it so that we can grow, that we can have nourishment. And, of course, Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18 that we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. How do we gain knowledge of him? How do we grow in our knowledge of him? It's through his word. It's through his word. See, the Word of God is nourishment. It is food for my soul and for yours. You know, what did Peter tell the elders in 1 Peter chapter 5? One of the things he told them was, feed the flock of God. Paul told the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, feed the flock of God which is among you. You see, there's, there's nourishment for the soul and spirit in the Word of God. And so we need to be in it every day to receive that nourishment. Receive that nourishment. Secondly, uh, 
purpose of devotion is it gives knowledge of God's will in your life. Notice verse 2 here of Psalm 63 says, To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Uh, knowledge of God's will. In Hebrews chapter 5, when, when again, I believe it was Paul wrote the epistle of Hebrews, um, writing to Hebrews and, and the Jewish people, and, and in Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14, he says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. When for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So he says, you know, you need to exercise yourselves in the word of God. You need to partake of the, not just the milk of the world, but the meat of the world. You need to be growing, and you need to be getting off the milk and getting on the meat. And he goes on in chapter 6 and tells us to leave the, the, the first principles, uh, the foundational principles of, of, the, of the work of Christ and go on to perfection. <coughs> Excuse me. So as we read and study God's word, it, it gives us knowledge into God's will in our, for our life. Um, Psalm 119, verse 126 through 128 said, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. You see, he said, I, I esteem all the things in, your, in the word of God to be right. If we want to be right, we've got to read it. We've got to study it. Here's 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. That means fully grown up is the idea there. Mature, perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You know, God has made it possible for us to be mature in our walk with the Lord. But how does it come about? Through the scriptures. It comes about through the scriptures. Um, that is what makes us perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And again, a very familiar passage, Romans 12, 1 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How can you prove what God's will is? By being transformed. How are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. How is your mind renewed? Well, Paul told the church at Ephesus, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And he's talking about putting in the word of God. You know, the word of God says, thou shalt not steal. So you're put off stealing and put on giving. And so on. Uh, 
And so, you know, it's important that God's, God's word gives us knowledge of his will for our life. You know, there's a couple of verses in Proverbs that are very important. Proverbs 11:14 says this, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And then Proverbs 24, 6, For by wise counsel thou shalt make what war? And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, I would submit to you that in one book, we have a multitude of counselors. All in one book. There are many examples of real life situations in this book. I mean, read the life of Moses. Read the life of Abraham. Read, read the life of Lot. Read the life of Samson. And you have illustration after example after example after example. What sin does and what obeying the Lord does in your life. You see, it isn't necessary. Isn't, you know, I don't think what those verses are saying is that we go to all kinds of different people. You know, some people have this idea they need they have a problem, so they need to run to fifteen different pastors and ask their opinion. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. You know, you may come to your, your pastor, or you may come to uh, someone in the church for help, but but we have a multitude of counselors right in the Word of God. You know, so often the reason we don't know is because we haven't read it. Sort of like the uh, teacher that when he'd always give a test, he'd say, uh, he'd pray and, and ask the Lord to help those who diligently studied and have mercy on the rest. See, yeah, God will bring to your remembrance what you've put in, but he won't bring to remembrance what you have not put in. And if your brain's like mine, you don't just put it in once. It takes a little longer to stick. <laughs> you know, it has to go in more than once. Uh, you know, I said I'm, you know, it's kind of hard for me to change my mind. I need a lot of information. I need a multitude of counselors. Uh, so we have in one book a multitude of counselors, and it gives us knowledge of God's will for our life. Thirdly, it also prepares us for the battles of the day. Notice Psalm 63 again. Verses 7 through 11, it says, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. You know, the word of God prepares us for the battles of the day. It gets us ready. Uh, it's sort of like, <clears throat> and if you, if you like, you could turn over to Ephesians 6. I'm going over to Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God. And this is, this is what we need to do each day. It's, it's, the idea here is of a soldier getting up in the morning and he puts on his battle armor and checks his weapons. 
Are they loaded? Is that 50 round mag full? Do I have my knife and sword or whatever it is he, he has? You know, he's, he's checking to make his sure that he has his armor on and he has his weapons prepared. That's what devotions does for us each day. Ephesians 6. Finally, my brother, verse 10, be strong in the Lord in the power of, notice, his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if you want to be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks and the deceit of the devil, you're going to have to put on the armor of God. Yesterday's armor won't do for today. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We have a very powerful and formidable enemy that we face every day. And so we need the armor of God. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, stand therefore having your loins gored about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So he talks about you know, uh, uh, your loins gored about with truth. Thy word is truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. How do we get righteous? How do we become more like Christ? It's by gaining knowledge of his will for our life and surrendering ourselves to him. And again, that's through the word of God. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Peace. Uh, having wisdom to give out the gospel. Taking the shield of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, thinking about faith. In Psalm 119 verse 23, the psalmist said this. Princes also did sit and speak against me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Now the picture to me is. There's David. I believe he was the author of Psalm 119. He's sitting in the midst of people of influence, princes. He's sitting in the midst of them. And they're speaking against him. They're not saying nice things. They're speaking against him. And while they're doing it, he's sitting there thinking about what the lawyer said. He's not alarmed at all. He's not stirred by it. He's not scared by it. He was also said that I will trust the Lord at all times. So, you know, the word of God prepares us for the battles of each day. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 20 verse 9. You know, Jeremiah, he, he is, his, 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 his own family has spoken against him. And, and the prophet, uh, he was Pasher, and basically what they told him was, Jeremiah, just shut your mouth. I mean, I, I, you know, sorry, you know, apologize for saying it that. But basically that's what they're doing. Why don't you just shut your mouth? We're tired of you. 
So he kind of thought maybe he would. But then he said this in verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more of his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. I could not keep my mouth shut. Ecclesiastes 8.1 says, Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Where's a man get wisdom? It comes from God. David said in Psalm 61 and verse 3, uh, oh, Psalm 61 3, For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Safe. You see, spending time with the Lord each day prepares us for the battles of the day. And we're going to face them. We're going to face them. We have an enemy that desires to destroy us or hinder us. And so we need the armor of God. We need to be prepared for the battles that we'll face each day. And then I want you to notice the third thing, the plan for devotions. Uh, again, verse, verse uh, uh, 2, uh, verse, verse 1 and 2, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And notice this, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee, in the sanctuary. You know, it should be our desire to hear and learn from God. That should be our desire. To, to hear and learn. You know, the psalmist said, I want to see thy power. I want to see thy glory. But notice where he saw it. In the sanctuary. So as I have seen it in the sanctuary. So as we think about devotions each day, we should ask ourselves some questions. You know, and I think we ought to read through the Bible. Is there a lesson here for me to learn? Is there some instruction for me? You know, as you look at Psalm 63, you know, I, there's a couple of things I just jotted down. You know, Psalm 63 tells us that God will uphold those that seek him with the whole heart. Verse 8. My soul followed hard after thee. Thy hand upholdeth me. Those that, that follow hard after God, God will uphold. God will uphold them. And he will judge the wicked. You know, that will encourage you to do right, and it will discourage you from sinning against God. He will judge the wicked. Verses 9 through 11 tells us that, but those that seek my soul, destroy it, shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be portioned for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So, so there's a couple simple lessons right there that we can learn from Psalm 63. We ought to ask ourselves also, is there a sin that we ought to avoid? As you read through the Bible, you're going to, 
one of the things that one of the one of the great things about the Bible is God's honest with his heroes. Moses. Moses. I don't know. I kind of think, you know, Jesus, you know, of course, of course, and I'm talking, I'm not, you know, let's put Jesus out of this 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 picture here. He was he was the God man. But as man, just as man, you know, Jesus said, not a greater man born of one of them than John. But aside from John, I would, I would guess the greatest man in the Bible would be Moses. Moses. That spoke to God face to face as a man speaketh with his friend. But you know what? Moses did not get to do what he desired most his whole life. And that was enter the promised land. And it was because he disobeyed a command God gave him. God simply said, speak to the rock. And because he was angry with the people, he took his staff and he smote the rock twice now God said speak to the rock and I'll bring water out of it he struck it twice God still brought water out of it but he said Moses because you disobeyed me before the face of the people you will not enter the promised land what do we learn from that we need to walk righteously there's consequences to sin, even the slightest sin. Even what we might call the slightest offense hinders our fellowship with the Lord. So we ought to ask ourselves, is there a sin to avoid? You know, we can say, do I seek him with all whole heart? Do I praise him? The psalmist said here, in verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Do I praise him or give him the glory Do his name? Do I meditate on his word? Am I consistent with my devotions? You know, we, are, we need to allow the Lord to search our heart as we read and spend time in his word. Thirdly, is there a command? That he gives me here that I ought to follow. Is there a command? Something he tells me I should do. Uh, of course, he tells him we should seek him with the whole heart. We should make him preeminent in our life. We need to trust him. Verse 9. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Uh, we need to trust him. Am I faithful to the sanctuary? Verse 2 he says, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says we're not to forsake the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as we see the day approaching. So is there a command that we ought to follow? Are we faithful to the Lord? Are we obedient to Him? These are things that we need to allow the Lord to search our hearts as we spend time in His Word each day. You know, I believe that if you and I are to be successful in our life as a Christian. It's imperative that we spend time in the Word of God each day. 
you know, I believe that trying to live the Christian life without time in the Word of God is like trying to live without eating. Or trying to run while holding your breath. You ever try that? Doesn't work very well. It'd be like trying to drive your car with something plugging the exhaust. That doesn't work very well either. You know, Joshua 1 8, now again, that very familiar verse, says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, let me ask you a question. What are the next five words? Anybody know? Have not I commanded thee? God commanded Joshua to meditate day and night in his word. He commanded him. And he's commanding us. You know, I believe that the reason Joshua was so successful in his life was he obeyed that command. He obeyed it. He never, you never read of Joshua ever departing from the Lord. You know, they had, they had some losses. They had one loss in particular, but that wasn't because of Joshua. That was because of Achan. But it brought a loss on the whole nation. And as soon as Joshua dealt with it, it was victory after victory after victory again. If you, and again, if you and I are to be successful in our Christian life, it, again, it is imperative that we spend time in the Word of God. You see, devotions, our devotions is our life support. I remember years ago, we had this missionary. He was a missionary to Germany with us. And uh, his name was uh, Fred Fueller. I was talking to Fred for a little while one day, and he said that uh, we got talking about and I'm not sure how we got talking about the Word of God or something. And anyway, he, he shared a story with me. He had a personal friend that had, was a missionary in Mexico. And he said uh, all of a sudden he divorced his wife and he moved to back to Tennessee, left the mission field, moved back to Tennessee. And he said it kind of scared me when I asked him, how did that happen? And this is what he said. It all started by skipping my devotions. It all started by skipping my devotions. See, if we want to be successful in our Christian life, we've got to spend time in His Word. It'll protect us. It'll direct us. It will instruct us. It will empower us. It is quick and alive and sharper 
than a two-edged sword. Might God help us spend the time we need in it. Let's pray.